Hello there and welcome to episode 29 of At Home with Breffney. I'm really glad you're here and I'm really excited that we've reached 1400 downloads. So that's thanks to you and thanks to everyone else listening for sharing and for listening. Um, it often makes me amazed that each week for my podcast, which I love doing, something emerges, some topic emerges above all the other topics of the week to be big in my mind, to be top of my mind, to be something that I'm burning to share with you. It just seems to naturally arise that one thing raises its head above the other. So I don't know how it works in the law of the land, but this week the topic that just demands to be talked about is money. And maybe it's because I've had coffee with two potential clients during the week, uh, both of whom had contacted me to ask about using a buyer's agent. And I love that. I love when people phone me up and ask me about how I work and want to meet and discuss it all. Um, But it emerged uh, from meeting the two of them, these particular two people, that although both of them thought they were in a position now to start looking for a property, actually neither of them were because their financial positions were not secure enough yet to to start the search. Because basically, in my opinion, until you are able to provide proof of funds to an agent that you can fund this property, there's absolutely no point looking at properties, looking at any property. You're best off putting all your energy into the funds. So this week I want to talk about basically money and energy. We all know that we have a finite amount of energy and when it comes to buying a property we need to be really sure that we're putting today's energy into the task that we can get done today that's going to move the needle for us, that's going to make a difference in moving the plot on with our property purchase that is going to help us take the next step. So if we at any one time are talking to a mortgage broker as well as going to open viewings as well as maybe talking to a buyer's agent as well as um, looking at interior design magazines, we're scattering our focus. We, We aren't really likely to make good progress on any one front because we're using the finite amount of energy we have to spread across a few different fronts. And that just doesn't seem to work for whatever reason. We don't seem to be able to really multitask and get multitasks done. We seem to have to put all our energy into getting one thing done in order to really get that thing done. So my suggestion here is that if you find yourself doing a little bit of everything when it comes to buying a property, that's probably not going to help you get your property sooner. You need to be really strategic in what you put your focus on, what you put your energy on today in order to move this plot along. So I guess step one in any property transaction is, can you afford it? Do you have the funds to fund this transaction? And until you do, there is actually no point whatsoever doing anything else. So with the finite amount of energy you have, Can I make a plea for you today to just put that energy into doing whatever it takes to make that grey area of money become less grey and become black and white and keep working at it until you have those euros in an account or until you have a letter of loan offer from your bank. 
because we all know it takes a lot of energy to get all the documentation in place that everyone needs to provide you with a loan. And if you spread your focus between interior design magazines and between open house viewings, you're not going, that's time you aren't spending getting the documentation to your broker who needs it in order to get you that loan. So focus, focus, focus. And when it comes to money, you've got, it's got to be your only focus for the moment until you've got that bit clear. So just the, the two examples of people I met during the week where one person was sale agreed and she was going to use the funds from the sale of her house in order to buy her property. And she was talking to me as a buyer's agent, whereas actually she should have been using all of her energy into making sure that her house was going to go from sale agreed to sold. And we'll come on to that in a minute. And another person who I met for coffee was talking to me about being a buyer's agent and working for them when I realized he hadn't actually got a letter of loan offer. He'd had lots of positive feedback from the bank, but he hadn't actually got his letter of loan offer. And again, really that person who was working full time, he and his partner really could have done with focusing exclusively on getting that money in place. So on the lunchtime when they met me, they really would have been better off spending that lunchtime in getting whatever documentation that loan provider needed in order to finalize the letter of loan offer. So that's, I guess, what motivated me to talk about money this week. So can I just go through a few different categories? Uh, there are about five of them in all that I don't want to talk about this week. Um, the first thing is, let's say you are selling your property and you have found a purchaser to buy it and your sale agreed. Well, you're going to be delighted. And of course, you're going to be delighted because it's always a wonderful thing when the plot develops another level and you now have you've gone from having your house on view to having uh, an offer made that you're happy to accept to actually accepting that offer that's all progress but you still have more road to travel you still have more work to do so instead of shifting your energy at this point to start looking at houses now that you're sale agreed don't harness that effort and use it to spend time on the phone to your solicitor checking what does the purchaser need in order to sign a contract? What documents is that purchaser still looking for from your solicitor in order to sign the contract? And as well, talk to your agent, the agent who's handling the sale of your house for you. Keep checking in with that agent. And when I say keep checking in, I mean check in twice a week. What is the purchaser saying now? What are they looking for now? What is the one thing outstanding or the three things that are outstanding that is preventing that purchaser from signing a contract with you? Because until the purchaser has signed a contract to buy your house, you are not in a position to fund the purchase of a house. So there is no point looking. Use all of your energy, all of your time into getting your purchaser, the purchaser of your house, over the line so that you now have legally binding contracts in place. And at this point, you can start looking to buy a property. Then you're, you're well within your rights to use your next bit of energy into starting the house search. But until you have legally binding contacts in place with your purchaser, I don't think there's any point taking the next step. So when it comes to uh, talking to your bank, so that's the, when it comes to talking to your bank, um, 
you need to use every bit of energy into getting that horrible list of documents that they need from your employer or those statements, up-to-date statements from your bank account or getting that outstanding visa bill, visa loan paid off so that your lender can give you your letter of loan offer. Because until you have that letter, you won't be in a position to make a credible bid on a property. So, so that's the selling of your house and the getting of a loan. Um, so until you have those nailed down, don't do anything else. Now let's just say you're a cash buyer and I've had instances of people who've been cash buyers and I've seen evidence of their funds sitting in a dollars account. And I've thought, great, yes, they have the funds. Perfect, we're good to go. And the estate agent accepted these funds as proof of funds too, because she could clearly see these funds are sitting there in dollars, ready to go. However, when the client went to bring these funds back into Ireland, it triggered a tax liability. So they had in fact less cash than they originally thought because they had to use some of that cash to pay off this tax bill. So what was cash was suddenly cash no more because of the moving of that cash from foreign shores to here and what that move triggered. So when it comes to cash, there are quite a few things to consider. One is any tax liability that may result from you bringing the cash in from abroad. Two is wh when you transfer and how you transfer that cash. So in general, banks charge up to 4% commission on big sums being brought in from abroad. So that is a fortune. Can you imagine 4% of 500,000 is, I think it's what, it's about 20,000. Like it's a good chunk of cash. You don't want to be paying that to a bank in commission. You want to be a savvy uh, property buyer. You want to talk to someone who specializes in bringing large sums or transferring large sums. You want to talk to a company such as Currency Direct. And I mention them particularly, not because of any business relationship with them, I don't, but because um, clients and colleagues have used them and have found them excellent. They charge a much lower rate than 4%. And not only that, you can negotiate or you can talk to them about what strategy you use for bringing the money, uh, for striking an exchange rate, I should say. Like, at what point do you buy those dollars on what day and what the strategy is. So that's a thing to consider when you're bringing lump sums into Ireland. Consider the exchange rate and don't leave it until the last minute when you need that cash in a hurry to close the deal because then you kind of are over a barrel to some extent. You want to be strategic about it. It's your hard-earned money and don't give it to banks in terms of paying them commission. So that's cash. All cash is not equal. Imagine if you had cash in Venezuela at the moment, that really wouldn't be a very useful cash. So really the best cash for you to have is cash sitting in euros in an on-demand account in Ireland because you are going to be buying a property soon. The next thing I want to talk about is shares. Um, if you are funding your property based on the sale of shares, which sounds quite reasonable because shares are highly liquid and anyone would think you can sell the shares today and have the money tomorrow or certainly in a couple of days. Well, 
I've had examples of a client, or not a client, it was actually, I was selling a house to this person, they weren't a client, and they had shown me proof of funds, of um, shares, and that was all great. But when they went to sell those shares, those shares were in a fund that was held in such a way as to, again, trigger a tax liability. So that was no use. He had a higher liability than he thought, and so he didn't continue, he didn't go ahead to buy my house and I had a very unhappy client then. Um, so we went on to sell the house for the client, but nonetheless, it wasn't a happy time. And I certainly learned my lesson about shares are not cash, even though they're highly liquid, they are not cash. So that's a lesson to learn about shares. Get them into cash now so you understand what exact amount of money they're going to yield up. So, so really we've talked about if your sale agreed to fund the purchase of a house, you want to put all of your energy into getting that house, getting that purchaser to sign a contract to buy your house. So until you've got binding contracts in place, you, there's no point doing anything else. So put your energy into finding out what your solicitor needs to do in order to satisfy the purchaser and the purchaser solicitor. So put your energy into that. If you're Borrowing from a bank, don't bother looking at houses until you have satisfied the bank with every single document they need in order to issue you with a current loan offer. If you are bringing cash from abroad, be strategic about it. Talk to a company that specialise in it and do it sooner rather than later because the world is unstable and we don't know. Uh, you can, by transferring it now, you can at least know what uh, the position is and you can minimize the risk that might attach to say sterling or any other slightly unstable currency at the moment by doing it now you'll know how much money you've got to spend if you've got the prospect of a windfall coming get to the very end of it don't wait around uh, so and end up wavering between two budget types budget a and budget b if the windfall fairy comes Get to the end of that windfall. If it's going to happen, try and get it to happen sooner rather than later so that you can go shopping with that budget rather than um, have it just in the back of your head as something that just actually serves to unsettle you and, and does you no favours. And if you have shares, look at how you're holding those shares and what kind of structure they're in and if you're going to trigger a tax liability by selling them. And then the final thing to say to you is pensions. If you've got a pension in place, and lots of people do, um, it's worth asking if your pension would be the right thing to buy the property rather than you. The question you're asking is, is it more tax efficient for my pension to buy this property than it is for me to buy this property? And there's certainly going to be an answer to that. So it's worth asking if you have a pension as to whether there's any tax efficiency in using the pension fund to buy this property. So I hope I don't sound like I am giving out. I kind of feel like I'm giving out. I don't mean to be. I'm just saying that we all have limited energy and limited time. So when it comes to the busy business of buying a property, let's make sure we use our energy and put it into the right thing, the thing that it needs to go into today in order to move the process along. Don't split it. 
and lose your focus and slow down the process. So that's my key passionate plea today. And I hope you found it useful. And of course, I'm always open to topics that you may like me to cover in the podcast. And if any of you are actually sorted out in terms of being in funds to buy a property, but you're short of time, then I would love to talk to you. You definitely should benefit from using a buyer's agent. I can save you piles of time and lots of psychic energy and get the job done in three months. So pick up the phone and give me a ring if you think that you could benefit from working with me as a buyer's agent. My phone number is 087 2574 573. And thanks for listening.